and welcome back everyone. This is the official last production for 2019 for Burn Your Boats. You are here with me, Matthew Lestalia, as always, your faithful and loyal host. Today, I had, um, actually it wasn't today, but today you were listening to the conversation I had with Adam Messer. I did a little uh, preview for those that are in the, uh, for those that are in the uh, fan group uh, on Facebook, the Burn Your Boats fan page. So if you want to... If you want some more behind-the-scenes content and some extra some extra stuff, um, come on by there and request access. And we'll let you on in and you can join the movie. Um, really, there's not much that I want to say on the front end of this other than um, there was one part where uh, Adam and I were riffing and we were talking about... Um, I had brought up this social uh, experiment that took place that Steven Pinker talked about in his book, The Better Angels of Our Nature. And the reason, it'll make more sense in context as you get to that point. Um, the only thing that I wanted to follow up with it was the reason that I brought it up was to talk about the power of cultural norms um, and how individual behaviors can have such a strong impact in it, like one person putting graffiti on the wall, this will make more sense when, I, when you hear about the experiment um, in the in the interview, but it's just the basic point is that the culture has strong impacts on the individual, but the individual has very strong impacts on the culture. And that's the reason why I'm doing what I'm doing here on this show is because of the impact that I want to make on the individual that will positively impact the community around it and then thus continue outwards towards the world lofty yes but that is the reason why i'm doing the show it's the reason that i'm putting this much time and energy into it and why i'm so passionate about it and so today i had uh i have i'm honored and blessed to have adam messer author poet radio host journalist uh podcaster uh <laughs> Father, husband, amazingly good friend. Um, I was able to have him uh, co-host this this closeout with me. I hope that you guys enjoy this. We're on it. Right. So this is the the final broadcast from me, Matthew Lastalia, in regard to. Uh, my show, Burn Your Boats, um, for 2019, and we just—I just did uh, an interview that I released today. While we're recording this, I don't know when this is going to come out. It yeah. will be before the end of the year. Yeah, yeah. It's gotta be sometime in the next ten yeah. days. <laughs> um, so I, I did that, and um, but just uh, yesterday we talked, right? Yeah. And yeah. it was—I I had been thinking about the right way to close out 2019 for the year. Mm -hmm. And I was talking to my wife about it and I was just kind of bouncing back and forth. And I was like, you know what I want to do? I don't want to end it on an interview, you know, like yeah. the show started there and it's great. And it is absolutely uh, uh, the, the continuing main source or, or uh, content for the show. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted in my head, I just kept thinking, I was like, I want to recap. 
Yeah. And I want I want like a highlight of um, what I've gone through over the year. And I was like, but I like I really want. I want to have a conversation with somebody, but I don't want it to be an interview. Right. And like the singular right. best person I can think to do this with <laughs> is Adam Messer. Oh, I appreciate that. <laughs> and, and, and Adam, it's so hilarious. So I've only done one repeat uh, person on the show and I haven't even aired their second interview yet, but I've not had more conversations with anybody than I've had with you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> and, uh, but only one is, only one has made it just because of, you know, all well, that first one, I think the sound we just it just didn't hilarious. work out right, and, yeah. But and, the uh, the fallout of it because we were we were at the front porch, and this goes into this is funny. I can't believe I didn't even think about the story with us doing this. Mm-hmm. One of the things that we had talked about that we wanted to do today was uh, talk about some of the obstacles and stuff that we went through. Kind of do like a 2019 recap. Yeah, where we started. Yeah, what our what our thoughts and expectations were for the year, and then how those actually came into fruition. Yeah. You know, um, it's been an interesting year. It really has been. Yeah. On so many fronts. You've been doing a lot with your show, too. Holy crap. Yeah. It it has been a lot with your show. (laughs) And um, on my side, uh, Mm -hmm. my name is Adam Messer. So I have a show on um, a local radio station here called uh, WRUU. And we have, uh, it's all community based, uh, all volunteer. And my show is called The Adam Messer Show. And I interview authors, artists, and entertainers. And the entertainers part, um, really, I wanted to interview creators, creative people. So um, for the folks just kind of tuning in that might not know who I am, um, that's what I do. And then my podcast is called The Adam Messer Show. (laughs) I actually, the show used to be called Muses, Memoirs, and More when I first started on the radio show. And um, I was trying to, you know, talking about making changes this year. I was trying to just kind of streamline things. And I started looking at like, you know, the Joe Rogan podcast mm-hmm. and some of the other popular ones and like micro and stuff like that. And I thought, you know, it would just be easier for me um, because I do a lot of different things to say, OK, this is the Adam Messer show. Yeah. And, you know, um, I, I like it. I enjoy having it like that because yeah. it just it, it kind of falls into place with other stuff. I like the Muses, Memoirs and More name. I thought yes. it was, you know, clever at first. Well, it feels like, well, I, I think that it's immensely important to have your name tied directly into your, the overarching theme. It's like, it's a branding thing, you know? Yeah. And so like, this is yeah. Adam Messer's show, but yeah. I, I like the idea of, and I don't know if this is your intent, but I mean, I know that you have word beat poetry and everything yeah. too. So, yeah. but to have like, essentially something that's equivalent to like Adam Messer Inc., you know yeah. what I mean? And then yeah. underneath the umbrella or Adam Messer publications right, or, you right. know, productions, and underneath of that, you have muses, memoirs, and more. And then you have wordbeat poetry. Yeah. And you have all of these because you have so much going on. Well, I try to keep it all. Uh, you know, it's it's funny because we we had that conversation about uh, doing so many different things, mm-hmm. and it's like you know, I don't, I, I didn't, I didn't want to be in like a box or a label or whatever. But it, it's easier for people to kind of understand when you're you're like, oh, you know, um, I'm an author. So I kind of streamlined that. I changed it down to being an author, a journalist, and a radio show host. Just yeah. because it's easier for people to kind of figure it out. and um, You don't want people guessing at what it is that yeah, you do. Yeah, you know? And it's, yeah. it's important for your audience and to build and establish that rapport and that relationship with them. Yeah. That's that's what I think. And that's what I think it's also important to have 
to have that to clearly state like this is what I do, mm-hmm. you know, and then to also clearly state like these are my these are my thoughts and opinions about things. Well, like when know? I used to do photography, uh, I I just called it Adam Messer photography. Yeah, real simple, real yeah. straightforward. And uh, so my Facebook page was already called that, and I was like, you know what, it just make it easier. I you know easy peasy. I, you know yeah. I try to be straightforward yeah. with a yes. lot of stuff. Keep and, it simple, stupid. Yeah, because I mean <laughs> there's so much to you know you juggle around anyway. Mm-hmm. So, um, I remember, uh, the first time we met, it was because of Corey Brooks. Yes. And, um, you know, Corey, I met Corey through the photography mm-hmm. and then you met Corey through the army. Mm-hmm. Right. Yep. And, uh, when you, I, I remember, if I remember correctly, you were, um, you're wanting to interview Corey and Corey's like, Oh, I can't because I'm so busy, but yeah. I, you know, want you to meet this other guy. Even just the quick, short way that you did it was so much more kind than the way that he turned it down. <laughs> Corey's an awesome he's, guy. He is hilarious. Yeah. I, I love him. Yeah. He's, he's fantastic. And, uh, that relationship that I have with Corey is, it epitomizes the reason why it is so important to, own who you are and what you do Mm -hmm. because there was there there was a part of me that was almost hesitant to tell people what i was doing Mm -hmm. especially people that had any association with me in the military right i was trying to like compartmentalize and like keep it separate yeah but it got to a point i couldn't you know like it was just it was so much it was happening it was taking up so much of my time and um like I said, it wasn't taking, I was dedicating a lot of time to it yeah. happily, yeah. you know, like yeah. it's my passion. I love it. Yeah. And, um, and so I ended up talking to him about it and he, he's so Corey is a fairly tall, extremely broad shouldered gentleman. Oh yeah. He's a power lifter. Yeah. You yeah. look at him and, and, and then his as nice as he can be. Yeah. yeah well, and, nice. and, and intimidating a little bit, you know, like. Like from if you didn't his know demeanor, him, maybe. you didn't know him, yeah. and you see, like, especially when he's at the office, because oh, he'll okay. sit there and he doesn't. He's sitting there, he's not smiling, he's like working and intently focused, and yeah. you're there like, "What's up, man? <laughs> Look how you doing?" Yeah, I, I don't know Corey that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I've always just known him like doing events. And, yeah, yeah, no, yeah. And, but once once I talked to him about, it, he was he was emphatically uh, willing to back what I was doing. Yeah, and yeah. he was like, he was like, "Oh, I, he's like." Like you interview people, like this is what you do, and I I explained to him, and he was like, "Oh, I got, I got this guy. Like, oh. You got him, this guy." Did I ever tell you how I met Corey? Yeah, I think so. But at the art show yep. or whatever, he was uh, doing photography for Savannah Moore News Spotted, mm-hmm. and um, I was one of the uh, artists on stage, and he took my photo, and then you know I liked doing photography, but yeah. I never really kind of dabbled with it other than just you know taking pictures of the family or events sure. that I did, you know, work and things like that. And, um, so I became friends with Corey and, um, he knew my friend Camilla and, um, that was when Spada was just kind of taken off, you know, it wasn't really that big yet. And, uh, Corey was like one of the first people to kind of really push it, um, him and, uh, this other lady. Um, and then I got in there and there were a couple other people that got into it. And, um, like 2014 was like, I think a, a really big year, 2014 and 15. And, um, we just started getting like tons and tons of hits on these photo galleries. And, you know, we were all doing all like these different events and stuff like that. And, um, I remember Corey talking with him about doing uh, professional photography mm-hmm. and he said, you know, just remember to smile and be friendly with people and, you know, uh, be approachable. And, uh, 
that's I think that's one of the key skills that you need is you know being likable, Mm -hmm. you know being approachable. Well, and being willing to engage with people, right? And it's it's really interesting when you uh, when you think about the way that the people people go about uh, interacting with others, and it's we're all self serving, you know, Mm -hmm. like we all we're all looking out for ourselves, or or we should be, right? You know, Um, but the ineptitude that some people have of of like their the social intelligence Mm -hmm. you know when like you're turning people off by what you're saying and you're not your inability to read body language and or just read a situation yeah um it's that's that i think that's where it's important to do i actually just thought about this um the idea of fake it till you make it Mm -hmm. you know and i i think about that right now in respect to uh, like putting that smile, like if you're going out and you're not necessarily a people person, mm-hmm. but putting on the smile and, and going up and engaging people, mm-hmm. like that is, because I've gone back and forth on the idea of fake it till you make it. Mm. I've I have said no, don't like be authentic. You know what I mean. Yeah. And then at the same time, uh, absolutely, because like, mm-hmm. I will. Like there's science behind smiling and mm-hmm. and reverse engineering happiness. Rather than the the feeling of happiness deriving from the inside and then its result being a smile, mm-hmm. it, it actually works the opposite way too. It's because it's like those the, the physiology of yeah, it. Yeah, it's like the the neural pathways that mm-hmm. are connected are like it's like a two lane highway. So like it's got one that goes out. Yeah, and there's another one that like because you're smiling, like your body's like, oh, this is what we do yeah, when like, we smile. Hey. You know, and yeah. so there's actual science behind fake it until you make it i'm like well right, okay right, respect right. and especially in that regard like if you're you're in a business where you're directly dealing with people yeah yeah know? it's yeah the public sector for sure you you definitely want to do that and you know the, i think with the interactions you have you have different levels you know um i still I, I like to think of it like a window you know i think we talked about this before too but we we when, when you're being authentic, you're being yourself on different levels, mm-hmm. on different layers. Yeah, yes. You know, so how I know you and you know me is a different level than how you know your wife and I know my wife. Yep. You know, and it's not that we're being, you know, um, fake or, no, you no, know, anything like that. It's just that you have a different layer of interaction that you, you deal with people. And I, I think with the, I'll give you a story that um, it always kind of stuck with me. I had a had a communication arts teacher, uh, writing teacher, uh, English teacher, or whatever in college. And um, <clears throat> he said, um, you know, if you go out on the archery uh, field, you know, you, you want to learn how to do archery. And first day out there, you're plucking the bow and, you know, you miss the target every time. Does that mean you're a bad archer or does that mean you're a new archer? You know? The first day it means you're a new archer. <laughs> but well, if you maybe don't the first, learn, yeah. Maybe the first year, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. Um, right. You know, and then, the, of course, you have the Malcolm Gladwell theory, you know, the 10,000 hour, yeah. you know, perfect practice makes perfect or a disciplined practice, mentored practice or whatever, yes. right? I think that's one of the biggest things. What immediately comes came into my head when you were talking about archery mm-hmm. was something that I grew My dad said to me mm-hmm. when we were watching basketball when I was a kid mm-hmm. and we were watching Shaq old freaking yeah and yeah. uh they would they would have the hack a shack hack attack a shack or hack a shack mm-hmm. uh where like at the end of the game 
if they're trying, if the team is close and they're trying to catch back up, they're going to foul him specifically yeah. because he's terrible at shooting free throws. Right, right, right. So, and then he told me uh, that Shaq had this practice uh, regimen where he would shoot a thousand free throws every practice. Wow. And, and I was like, that's, but he's still awful. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and he's like, he's like, yeah. And his, uh, conclusion or deduction from that was that he was practicing wrongly. Yeah. 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 If you do something the wrong way, you just keep keep practicing with terrible form (laughs) over and over again. Like, okay, you can do, you can hit 10,000 hours, but if you're not, if you're if the, all the hours you're putting in are not quality practice where you're actually mm-hmm. uh, keeping your head up, yeah, I, yeah. I view the same thing with work, mm-hmm. with with prof- your professional side of life or any aspect of your life. If you're just grinding away, yeah, yeah. with your head down, like, and and then you you do that for twenty years and you expect to hit management or, you know, some sort of executive mm-hmm. level. And then you don't, and then you resent the people that are above you yeah. for not yeah, selecting you. It's like, like, like well, what have yeah. you, what have you done? Like, yeah. okay, you showed up. That's the, ba- that's the contract that you. Cost of admission. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well put. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Showing up, doing your job, you know, that's something else too. Um, we used to talk about when I worked at the college, Showing up and doing your job well is like the cost of admission. Mm-hmm. That's the that's the agreement that you made mm-hmm. with the person. Like you're exchanging goods. It's a barter system mm-hmm. still. Where if I'm working for you and you say, okay, I need you to edit 15 hours of audio every week. Yeah. You know, like the expectation is that it's not even that it's edited 15 hours every week but it's edited to the standard in which you have set forward and if i'm not doing that i have to start or i can expect to be let go oh yeah yeah well you know metricing performance and things like that um and i think going back to what you're talking about the fake it till you make it um i i've never kind of bought into the fake it till you make it yeah uh it just it just not a strategy that worked for me. Yeah, I know it works for other people, mm-hmm. but I do I do believe in emotional intelligence, and I do believe in uh, just being dedicated and not giving up when things aren't going your way. Yeah, you know, just having that discipline to say, okay, you know, I might not see the progress right now, and I'll give you an example uh, with my personal life. When I first found out I had type two diabetes. I quit uh, drinking, I quit smoking, I quit eating pasta and white bread, and I didn't eat any bread at all. Um, No fat, no salt, no sugar, nothing for like the first year and a half. And I was doing great. My weight dropped to about 200 pounds. And um, so like over this last year or so, I've kind of slacked up, you know, and I started seeing the weight creep up and I actually quit drinking in July. Nice. And um, I, thought, right, I was oh, had like the same. I was like in the yeah. same exact boat timeline yeah. wise. That's crazy. Yeah. And I was like, I thought, I thought the weight, the water weight would just drop off. And mm-hmm. you no, know, and, and I'm not eating like completely like junk, but I'm not eating clean like I yeah. was before. Yeah. And so I've been reviewing that and thinking, okay, well, you know, it's, it's up and down with the levels. Right. Mm-hmm. So obviously what I've been doing is not working. Right. So I need to change it up. Yep. And I, with the fake it till you make it, <clears throat> I think when you first start out, you need to learn one thing, you know, one thing, master that thing, yep. you know, 
when you master something, that builds confidence. Absolutely. Even when you first learn how to do something, that builds confidence. Because here, I, I couldn't do anything. Now I have a skill set. I can do the basics. Yep. And then from the basics, when you do the basics correctly. <laughs> yes. You know, when you get those down, then you can add on the little nuances. You know, yeah. you can expand from there. But I think what happens is, and I've been guilty of this in the past, I've wanted to do like 10 different projects at one time, yeah. you know, and there's only so much time in the day mm-hmm. and only so much uh, intrinsic or extrinsic motivation to yeah. do it, yeah, you know, well, resources. And, yeah, well, and the thing is that you, you have 10 things that you want to do and mm-hmm. that you're passionate about, but you don't want to do any of them poorly right and so rather than do 10 things on a mediocre or a poor level um i think that using that type of motivation that type of uh mentality when it comes to like selecting like Mm -hmm. well if i'm gonna i like i want to do i want this to be successful so what i mean what and then you could look at kind of what builds into something else Mm -hmm. if i do this and you know but it's, I think I too, mean, like with that, what you're talking about with um, kind of like perfectionism, mm-hmm. you know, excuse me, uh, with perfectionism or trying to make everything perfect, some people will have like a false start or they might not start at all. Yeah. I actually just did an episode on this. Uh, okay. That was, um, it was Vol- based off Voltaire's quote um, that was, you know, perfection is the enemy of good. And so, and it's, you're absolutely right. And it can be, it can be, and and I heard somebody else, some entrepreneur I was reading, I think it was entrepreneur.com. They were, uh, they talked about perfection being the enemy of done. It might have even been Tony Robbins. I I was uh, the one that said, you know, it's better than perfect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Good. Done. Done. Complete. Getting it done. (laughs) Yeah. Done. And so. Uh, Tony Robbins probably said something similar, but yeah, um, that's one of the questions like that I I learned to ask myself is like you know what's better than perfect, done, getting it done. Yeah, and you I know? mean that goes to the theme of what I wanted to get to for this episode. Mm-hmm. It's just you know like twenty nineteen, what happened? Yeah, and, you know, and for me it was uh, three years of mental planning. And I didn't really, know you had by, done that for three and years. And by wow. mental planning, I mean. Uh, kind of like you had an idea. mental justification for not starting. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Like it was, oh well, I don't know the the equipment side, and I don't know yeah. the software side, and I don't like how am I even going to distribute it? And is anyone then? And all of that were were logical justifications of my emotional self. Yeah, because really the emotional yeah. self is what was holding me back. I remember somehow. we were talking about saying, you know, you might not have all the resources, yeah. but if you're resourceful, yeah, you can you can make you can yeah. overcome stuff. Yeah. I remember we were talking about like the distribution channel. I was using Anchor FM at the time. Yep, and and I still use it. Yeah, and I think Anchor's great. Um, I just recently switched over to Libsyn for mm-hmm. my main show, just because a lot of the other podcasters are using it, and I wanted to have more control over my distribution yeah. and the stats. Sure. And um, I think Anchor is great. It's just the only thing that I didn't like about using Anchor versus uh, Libsyn is Libsyn you put all the RSS feeds out there mm-hmm. you know like I, I just have mine on Apple Podcasts right now gotcha and um, but Anchor does it for you mm-hmm. well then Anchor has access to all of that you don't have access to it 
you get to see their summary stats they, or whatever. They build it and you get their results. You don't get the yeah, raw data. and you you know, and you give them content access and all that, and that's cool because it's an exchange because it's free. Yeah, you know, it's a great resource. But I just wanted to have more control over my sure. my content and my product, and it's it actually is a little slower going with uh, doing it myself versus yeah. doing it with Anchor. Yeah, because Anchor has you know all these distribution channels. Yeah, and, so that's one of my goals this year coming up mm, is to get those other distribution channels going yeah you know and i simplified my my website you know i kind of realigned all the branding and all that stuff yeah absolutely. and it's just because i wanted to keep it straightforward and simple i started an email um subscription list i'd done that before and never really you know i never really paid attention to it you know it's like, yeah. oh, you know email yeah. whatever but I'm slowly pushing more towards my website and my content. Yeah. I still use social media, mm-hmm. you know, but th- I, I think that's great with, you know, having gone from three years of kind of like naysaying yourself mm-hmm. out of it yeah. to what you've done this year, yeah, they launching were... your podcast, you yeah. know, getting it out there. You've got all these interviews I've been doing, you know, yeah, how many I people did... have you met because of it? I mean, a oh ton. Oh my God, it's been... It's been stupendous. And yeah. it, it's not even... And you've got a good little following, too. Yeah, no. I've gotten, you know, thousands of views and downloads at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I've got... Distribute. I actually just saw right after we got off the phone yesterday, I saw... I added listenership in another country. I've, Mexico's now on the list, too. Oh, wow. Too. Congrats. So I went through uh, the list on just one of the past episodes. I think it was the one that I did about uh, Voltaire, about the perfection. Yeah, um, yeah. And it was about all of this, and it was it just how that shift... And it all it, it took... It went from three years in my head to mm-hmm. less than 90 days to execute. Yeah. You know, to, like, publish the first episode. Yeah. And to line up the next several... And then going down. I remember that we were line, talking about interviews and stuff. Oh and, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You've come a long way since uh, when we first talked. Oh my gosh, no, and it's and it's been phenomenal. Yeah, like the the and one of the things that I've always known, but you don't. It's one thing to know something theoretically, and mm-hmm. it's another thing to live it. Yeah, um, to do it. Yeah, and and the thing that I've I always preached was you know the like talking about luck. And mm. I've always acknowledged that I'm a very lucky person, but I, I don't even think that I ever knew what that meant. You know, mm. um, really in my head, it was like, I would win raffles and stuff like all the time. Like, oh, so, okay. And so it's like, there are, I've heard something about like four different kinds of luck. Um, but really the, what I think about now, and I think about luck when it comes to the podcast and everything, I got lucky and snagged so many extra interviews with people I had no idea about. Like specifically when our first interview recording was messed up because of the audio because the reason it was messed up led to another interview with Steve Sherman and, and Steve Sherman knew several other people that I had out on the show because I, I knew them like Pamela Howell. Yeah. And and that was, that was crazy. That was my very first ever cold call. Pam, Pamela and Philip Howell well, from How to Run. Well, you remember I had introduced you guys through Facebook or whatever. Yeah, and we had already, I had already you, met. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So <laughs> that was kind of, and that I think that's one of the neat things about the, um, about when you meet people, and they know that you're doing this thing, they'll, they just automatically want to help you say, hey, you know, I know so and so. Like I feel like I'm a connector person, mm-hmm. so I try to say, okay, well, you know, this person's doing this, that person's, you know, wanting to do that. Let me introduce them. You know, and then let it go from there. If it blossoms, it blossoms. Yeah. If it doesn't, 
Yeah. You know, no harm, no foul. Well, it goes, I, it's really, uh, so my good buddy, Chris from back in Omaha, I had him on the show. Uh, he's, he manages and he, oh, he's taking over the ownership from his dad wow. of a chain of restaurants. Wow. Not, it's not a chain, but there's like, there's three local restaurants. Okay. There. Yeah. It's great. And, uh, and it's, I, I worked there. It was my job in high school. Oh, okay. I met him <laughs> and, uh, but I, I had him, I went over to his place and we did an interview and I had him on the show. And while after we were done, his wife, Liz, absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. Just, just like Chris totally like swung above his league with that, you know, <laughs> like, just, and, and uh, but what, like they have a beautiful family. I love them both. And, uh, but she had recommended uh, The Alchemist, mm. one of those books that's like always in the background in my head, you know what I mean? And it's like, but her recommendation like brought it to the forefront and now I've read it like four times. So I'm crazy because I kids. told you about the Alchemist yep. too. Yes, yeah, you I did. was like, yep. I was like, man, you got to read this book. Yep. I'm so glad because it's it's weird because um, that'll happen. Yeah, you know, sometimes it's like, oh, you know, you know, that's on my to do list. Yep. Yeah, and then you'll have something like an experience like that, and mm-hmm. then you're like, oh, let me read it. And then when you read it, you're like, okay. Well, and it, what they talked about in the book, the reason I even bring it up is because it, in the book they talk about the universe conspiring to help you yeah. live your personal legend. Yeah. And and that is what happened with. Corey mm-hmm. and w- who linked me up with you and right. then that happened with you and all and like and all with these Chris, other folks and Liz, that you've met like yeah. everybody it, it feels like <clears throat> they were being thrown at me to help me do what I wanted to yeah. do yeah yeah that's know, synergy but, and it goes and that's when I think about luck like yeah. oh I'm so lucky but then when I look at it I'm like okay well I got some of these surprise interviews because instead of going home after I was done with this interview I decided to go shoot the shoot the wind with um with a friend of mine who run who owns a restaurant in Hilton and because I was there she was like oh I don't have time she's like I would love to be on your show and I was like that's fine I just came here to talk to you and like I just did I did an interview with a doctor who didn't didn't get aired for technical reasons oh gosh okay (laughs) but uh I was I was like you know I just want to tell you because she knew him and Mm -hmm. I was like I just did an interview with him and I like I was in this part of you know South Carolina so I just wanted to come by and say hey hey." she was like oh Hey, you know what? There's this guy over here that I would like to introduce link you. In. So then I got that one. Wow. You know, and and it was just that luck happened because I made a decision. Yeah. I put myself in a position. Yeah. And then my head was up. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It wasn't like we were going like going back to what we were talking about. Mm-hmm. My head wasn't down, just grinding away doing the work. You know. Um, yeah, you have to do that. You have the, to do, well, do the grind. But, it's the interesting part. But you have to look up and see, well, hey, how how's my progress going? It's the I have to say that that's probably the most fun part about this entrepreneur thing mm-hmm. in the podcast world, uh, but any entrepreneurial uh, venture that the the balance of needing to flex your creativity mm-hmm. and do the nug work, yeah, because you can't like and it's it, in the beginning. Oh boy, it was hard. <clears throat> it was hard to like because I would go on binges of mm-hmm. one or the other and then the other yeah. when i when i would sit there and i would do the nug work and i would get myself set up in a way where like all the editing and all of the the prep work and everything was done for like a month yeah you know like forward then i got backed up on the creative I'm like oh crap no i need to i need to plan yeah, this and, yeah and yeah. so you can't neglect one over the other both are required oh i agree um it's just kind of interesting how things are so interconnected. Um, when I met Sirius mm-hmm. was because 
you she had a video or something like that she had tagged you in and um i didn't know that you you guys knew each other you know before mm-hmm. had a personal relationship before and so i just contacted her kind of like cold call out of the blue and yeah. whatever and you know so i think it happens like that you know um a friend of mine uh named bobby nash out of atlanta he's actually going to be on my show at the end of this week um i met him because of a mutual friend of ours that i knew uh, named randy bishop randy said you know this guy is out here because i was doing the savannah quill thing Mm -hmm. and he said you know you need to meet this guy (laughs) yeah and so i met bobby well i've met several people because of bobby but one of the people that i met this last year was a lady named rachel brune she interviewed me last year, shortly after I put out my first fictional novella, um, Blood Thrasher, The Devil's in the Metal. Not to plug it, but yeah, I'm just saying. Plug away, but she, she, <laughs> she interviewed me for her uh, blog, and it's called Infamous Scribbler. And um, so she interviewed me for that. And then I had her on the radio show talking to her you know, about you know, writing and stuff like that. And at the time, she was doing editing. Well... <clears throat> Things led to another thing where she was doing an anthology and she had been plugging it, talking about, you know, getting some authors or whatever. And really, I saw it, but it was kind of like, you know, on the radar, kind of like not really priority type thing. And she sends me a message one day. She goes, I don't know why I didn't ask you, but would you be interested in, you know, writing a short story for this anthology? And so I was like, yeah, I think it'd be great, you know? Yeah. And um, so that was published in october and then she just sent another message asking me if i'd be interested in being part of this anthology for next year and i said of course you know i'd love to and for me it's a win-win because it's a small it's a she's a micro publisher her publishing house is called chrome girls press and she's she's an upstart like us Mm -hmm. you know she's she's a micro publisher you know uh she's helped me a lot because i'm working on my own anthology for with authors and stuff and working with her out you know so it's kind of interesting how fiction writing is different than journalism and it's different than doing other types of you know writing business writing educational writing academic writing or whatever um but working with her has helped me grow as an author yeah and then also you know to want to edit my own project yeah so i i have that and in all of it because of an introduction from a friend of mine to another friend to another friend. Yep. You know, and it's it's interesting, I think, too, because kind of going full circle with it, I think earlier you kind of mentioned about um, there we're, we're self-serving in a way, mm-hmm. right? But there's, there's a level of interaction, I think, where some people are overly self-serving. Yeah, no, so to me that's where... Um, I try to I try to use and select my verbiage and my my vocabulary and the words very specifically. Yeah. And so even like I will use like I really like the idea of delineating this between self interested uh-huh. and selfishness. Yeah. Right? Self interested I can I can go and go on to your show because you one you need to fill a slot. You know what I mean? Like if right. that's the case, yeah. um, something came up and you're like, Hey man, I need you to feel like, yeah. and, and it's in my self interest to do that yeah. on yeah. multiple fronts. Yeah. One, it helps me and my show and my, and me to get more spread and coverage out to your audience. Yeah. Um, 
it establishes um, a deeper connection and, and relationship between you and me, yeah. uh, which is important to me. Um, and, and, and down that road, but that's, it's in my interest to do those things. Yeah. 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 Now that's, I'm not, that's healthy. Exactly. That's healthy. Exactly. That's, that's, uh, selfishness is when you do something to benefit yourself at the expense of somebody else. Yeah. And there, there, that is something that's come about, you know, by putting, when you have, whenever you put yourself out there, you're going to have that experience, right? Yep. And that's something that's come about because, you know, I've, I've had, I've had several people that, um, it was all about them, mm-hmm. you know, and it wasn't about like, okay, well, you know, like my show, I focus on the nuts and bolts of like, Hey, how do you do this? Right. You know, and how can I share my experiences so that someone else out there can benefit from it? You know? Um, and I know that might sound altruistic or whatever, but I feel it is in my self-interest too, because yeah. I enjoy doing the show and it's helped me as a person to grow Absolutely. and things like that. But I don't look at it from the perspective of, okay, well, this is all about me. Yeah. And, you know, you're my guest, but the show's about me. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's just not the way it works. You know, like in my perspective, when you're my guest, the show is all about you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I try to focus everything on you. I try to be mindful and be present in the moment with that. And, you know, there's a disconnect sometimes with people because they're not there emotionally or intellectually. You know, they're, 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 they're. Working from or operating from a scarcity perspective, you know, that's kind of popular right now. Yeah. But they are operating from like a fearful and, and scarcity yeah. perspective. Um, they they don't understand when the, those folks are like that. They don't understand like it's not just a limited pie. Yeah. It's, you know, there's enough for everybody. And my success and your success, you know, just because I'm successful doesn't hinder your success no. when you do it the right way. Yeah. You know, yeah. When, when you're it stepping be... on somebody else's foot, you know, to get ahead, that's yep. the wrong way. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. It's uh that's a positive sum game, right? So like when we do something that's mutually beneficial. Yeah, yeah. Um well, yeah, and it, and it, it, yeah, exactly. So and that's like something as simple as commerce, you know, any any sort of transactional, you know, event yeah, that happens. Well, you know, but like then... when people are like like you go to your friend's restaurant and they offer you a discount. Mm-hmm. It's a lot different than you saying, hey, I'm your friend. Give me a discount, which a lot of people hit up their friends that do services for, yeah. you know, yeah. well, what can what can you do for me? Yeah. If I if I got a hold of you, it's like, hey, man, can you uh, can you take photographs for me and the family for yeah, free? Yeah. Like, I actually just did that. I didn't do that. I just asked a friend. Uh, he's actually the PAO, the public affairs officer for our brigade. Mm-hmm. Um and it's just he's just a really really nice good guy, and I've gotten to mm-hmm. uh, befriend him over since he's come to the unit probably about a year ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I asked him like Yasmin, my wife, was coming down for Thanksgiving and everything, and yeah. she ended up getting super sick. Which is oh no! Hilarious timing, but um, we wanted to get family photos because I was gonna have my kids, mm-hmm. and she was bringing yeah, her daughter, yeah. and so we're like, oh, we get to get all of us together, we'll yeah. do some photos. And so I hit him up, and he was like. I asked him, I was like, hey, I would like to hire you yeah. for your service. Like the idea of asking it at yeah. a discount. I was like, what? And that's the way that I even started out. Because I, I knew him. Mm-hmm. I know him to the point where it would be something similar to you. Where like if I asked you, yeah, I was like, hey, man, can you take some it's photos? It's a courtesy. You, you it's would a be courtesy like, to offer. My expectation, yeah. not that I would expect this, but like just knowing you, I would expect you to be like, no man, don't worry about it. So yeah, the way yeah. that I it's went into it, it's a courtesy though. It's a courtesy, and you know, it's kind of like that uh, unspoken 
uh, the nuances of you know the relationship. Yeah. You know, there, there's friends are you're gonna you do stuff for them as a you know as a, a way to help them out. They do stuff for you. Yeah. You know, when it's it mutually beneficial, I think it's great. When when it's one way, it's it's hard. And we talked about boundaries before. Mm-hmm. You know, and I and I know it's kind of full circle, but. I think it's interesting with with your show how and I catch your show as often as I can, but you know obviously I can't do it all the time. But you know, (laughs) but it's interesting with the way you talk with entrepreneurs, the same kind of way that I talk with creative people, Mm -hmm. because you're you're trying to dig deeper into that next level of like, hey, you know, Pam, you and your husband have a an athletic shoe company, and you know you do all these different runs and you know all these charity races and things like that. You know, you're operating a business, but really you're out there in the community and you're building relationships yeah. with people. You know, they don't come to buy shoes there because that's the only place to buy shoes. You know, if that were the case, they'd buy them on Amazon or yep. something like that. Exactly. You know, they go there because they want to see Pam. They mm-hmm. want to see, you know, they want to be part of that, you know, that je ne sais quoi. I don't yeah, know what you call it. Exactly. It's that's like exactly that little it. magic yeah. of, yep. you know, that building that relationship, yeah. you know, and. Like, oh, yeah, I'm going to go get, you know, like, I'm going to go get a new pair, you know, next Saturday. And it's a whole, it's a whole thing. You well, know? It's, it's so crazy how it, it got to that point. Um, I had matured and the show had matured by the point that I got to them in it where, and it, it was just natural for me. I didn't, there was never a conscious time where I was, I'm going to shift the show yeah. to this. It was, it was the initial thought with it was that I want to extract blueprints from people that are doing something successfully. Yeah. And, and specifically I want somebody who was in a nine to five mm-hmm. or, or a more standardized type of job yeah. and, and left to go be an entrepreneur. Right. Um, right. One, that pool is not large, Right. Well, <laughs> but it wasn't even, pool. it wasn't even, that wasn't even the motivation in the shift. Yeah. It was just, it was so natural um, as I was talking to people, like, oh, well, that's not really how I did. I've all kind of always been an entrepreneur. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. Well, like, tell me about your story. So, but the, what it's transformed into is it's not just entrepreneurs. There, like, I just had Rudy on the show, and he's in the army. Right. He's been in the army for 18 years. Right. Pretty freaking regimented. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, but it's so it's expanded to like leadership and right. and to community right. like that. But it's it's finding a way to like the amalgamation of of the nuts and bolts behind how an entrepreneur does it in their niche. Mm-hmm. And then how do they establish a relationship with their customer base or how do they, yeah. how do they establish that relationship with the community and, yeah. and make their own community, you know, and, and what are their prerogatives? What are their priorities? And it's, there was only one person and all of the people that I've talked to that brought up money and I don't no judgment. Right. Like, right. I, I well, money's money is important. Yeah, it's <laughs> I mean, absolutely, especially <laughs> if you want to do what you're doing better. Yeah. You need to make money, then you can expand operations. Cash is king. <laughs> yeah, you know, is. cash is king. Yep. And I think anybody that would say, uh, I'm not interested in making money, there's there's some level of subsidy there. You have you know, to. You have to. You have to, to be. <laughs> there, the, there's folks out there that they're being subsidized by somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, I've met people that they say that they're full-time this or full-time that. And they're not really selling or making money. Somebody's paying the bill. Yeah. Well, I, I even think about this when you think about nonprofits. Yeah. Like it's yeah. still, 
Well, I I learned more about nonprofits from uh, Kelly Kroll, one of the guests that I had on. We mm-hmm. were for a three parter because mm-hmm. we went for it. <laughs> yeah, but she had she had so much experience. She started her own nonprofit, and she mm-hmm. was like one of the things that she had brought to my attention, and that I I knew loosely, but she dove into it was nonprofits are just like basically it's like your intent. Like you're basically just saying like our intention isn't to make money, isn't to right. profit. Right. So you can profit a ton. You right. can make a ridiculous amount of money in a nonprofit, but yeah. it's just not your stated goal. And you just allot salaries. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so Or or services or, you know Yeah. Well materials, and then, and then, things like, like that that they need. The yeah. Amount of time that mm-hmm. you spend in a nonprofit raising money oh, yeah. is it's almost it can it can be in excess to the time that you're spending doing the thing that you're raising money for. It's the same thing as like politicians. Right. Like you you get elected, then you spend more time campaigning for the next election than you do like representing right. your people. Right. And so it's just it's a that's it seems to be that's almost an issue when it comes to the non. I don't want to say free market, but the non market side because like a political position is not in the market and a nonprofit really isn't in the market. It's in like the charitable side of the market, what people are willing to donate to charity. Well, I think um, nonprofits and um, political campaigns and things like that, anything that's not a commercial sell, you know, uh, but going back to relationships with that, with the nonprofit, the people that are, are good at fundraising, they're the ones that they they build those relationships. Yeah. You know, and I think the same thing, pardon me, my throat's dry. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the same thing with anybody that becomes um, masterful with their craft, it it has to deal with their skill sets, right? But ultimately, it's their relationships with other people. Mm-hmm. You know, we, I know a lot of times entrepreneurs like to think that they do everything by themselves. Yeah. And we do a lot of work by ourselves. Yeah. But there's this whole base behind us that mm-hmm. we don't even think about. You know, and when you start exploring, like talking about your show and all these different folks and, you know, and then you think about, okay, well, that, you know, meeting that person led to another step, mm-hmm. to another step, to another step. And you're building that foundation. And the type you know? of growth that you get from each of those steps and those that uh, those relationships that you yeah. establish. Like yeah. the amount of growth that I've had from our relationship, like right. both personal and professional has been phenomenal. Yeah. Same here. Um, and now I actually just thought about that yesterday too, like after our conversation and thinking about today, um, just, I, I literally had that moment. It was, it was today after I got off of work, I had a moment where I heard the Obama statement of, um, you didn't build that mm. and how, the Republicans like, you know, freaked out <laughs> and mm-hmm. um, and then, you know, you hear you have uh, people like uh, Warren who say like, you know, like entrepreneurs like that's fine. But like and, and the rich people, you got to pay because, you know, you're using the roads and the, you wouldn't have built Amazon. That's what it was it's like. Bezos wouldn't have built Amazon if he didn't have roads to drive on. Um, well, like, I mean, that's like, like that's like, kind of like a macro view. Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but like you to know. the point, like. <laughs> And I, my baseline mm-hmm. is extremely counter to both of those perspectives. Right, right. Of like, you didn't build it. Like, because it goes back to me, a lot of it goes back to 
I put myself in the position for the opportunities to happen. I put myself in the position to make those relationships. You worked at it. You know, and, and the relationship You didn't happened just sit back because, and hope it would happen. Right. I didn't establish a relationship with you because I was binge watching Netflix at home. And you, you know? didn't establish a relationship with me because you were looking at it from a perspective like, well, what can I just get out of this? Right. Transactional. Yep. You know, and that's, I mean, that's a big thing for me because you have to have the transactions. Yeah. Nonprofit, uh, public service, you know, for profit, you have to have the transactions. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, someone is subsidizing your behavior, your living, yeah. you know, your whatever. Somebody's paying for it. Yep. You know, whether that's your you know, spouse or your your parents, your grandparents, you know, it might be it's, the public sector. Yeah. I mean, it's your choice and how you engage yeah. with any aspect of your life is your choice. And and a lot of times we we allow our emotions or our um I'm going to say motivations, but no, like our, our aspirations, um, to, to trump those in our, and really like we are emotional beings, right? And so, and we do 90%, if not in excess of that, of every decision we make is emotional. And then we justify it on the back end logically. Like you think about, uh, what are the most expensive purchases that you make in your life. Nostalgic purchases. So you think or about the a house purchases. and a car. Yeah. Right? Those are probably the two, like you're yeah. spending thirty, forty thousand dollars on a car, you're spending hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars on a home. Yeah. And you go in and you look at that home, and why did you choose this home versus any of the other seventy five homes that were in the area that were right. equivalent, you know? Right. Um and it's most likely, and this is this is more clearly and easily demonstrated with a car. You mm-hmm. think about the car that you bought. You probably bought a Ford because your dad had a Ford. Right. You know what I mean? And it's and then you could justify like, oh well, look at the. Uh, I went and looked up all of these stats and basically like rocking the confirmation by as right. hard as heck. Yeah. You know, and just just saying like, oh well, it's got this much horsepower and it can tow this much. And it's and, that image. Yeah, and it's you know, and self image or yeah. you know whatever that you want. I mean. It's all it, it is an emotional purchase. Yep. And that's that's one of the reasons why advertising and marketing, you know, plays on emotion a lot. Oh, absolutely. Like, oh, you need effective this. marketing. You yeah. need this, you need this, and then you feel like you need it, and you're like, Oh, I have to have this. Mm-hmm. I have to do this. And um Well see, I I just had this thought. I was at the grocery store mm-hmm. and I was getting some like I just got over being sick and I was there, I was picking up some some medicine. Mm-hmm. So I was in I was in that aisle. And I remember seeing, uh, oh, what is it? It was some sort of, um, it was a, like a allergy medicine, mm. I think. But it was one that like you always hear in the commercials. Oh, like Claritin or something? Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. And I think that's exactly what it was. And so I saw, yeah. I like, I saw it and in my head, like, that's, that's not what I needed. But instantly I was drawn to that. Right. Because Familiarity. I had seen it yeah. and I had heard it. I'm like, oh, well, like. Yeah, Claritin. And so, like, and it made me rethink marketing and advertising. And, like, like they're not trying to get me to go out right then and go buy it. Like, like They Burger got a long-term King. game. Right. They're, like, yeah. they just, that's why you get these commercials over and why they pay so much money for the repetition. Yeah. Because they're just, they're burning and they're searing. And the ones that are good, they got mm-hmm. the good jingles, mm-hmm. you know, plop, plop, fizz, mm-hmm. fizz. Oh, what a relief it is. Like how right. effective is that? I yeah. still like, yeah. when's the last time you heard that commercial? Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know, you were saying though, um, like you kind of had like an epiphany today. Can you tell me more about that? 
Um, you said that you heard the uh, the um, you didn't build that in the Warren. Yeah, yeah. So it was um, it was really so my like I said my natural inclination with that is like no, mm-hmm. <laughs> I did build it. <laughs> like you don't yeah. tell me what I didn't oh, okay. build. You know, but it was it was in relation to what we were talking about with like the importance of the relationships, and I just it was less of an epiphany than than like an overcoming emotion of gratitude. Oh, like okay. I was so incredibly grateful for people like you. And and it was really almost specifically about Corey. Mm-hmm. Cause I thought about what he's done for me right, right, right. by existing in my life and being willing to put his name on mm-hmm. the line for me because yeah, a referral. He, he, yeah, he yeah. staked his reputation cause I could, he, he never, he, his only interactions with me were like essentially professional in the way that we kind of uh, uh, joke around jovially, you know, in the yeah, office. Work, work, yeah, work, Yeah. And so there was a bit of faith that he took, but like he had a positive impression of me enough to the point where he made a recommendation for you and me to get together. Right, right. You know, and that's like it could have made him look like a fool. Like if I yeah. show up and I'm and I'm the yeah. person that's looking for a transaction, we're like, okay, yeah. Corey, who are you sending my way? Like this well, jerk. Well, that, that's actually happened to me where someone you know was uh, connected with me or whatever, and they turned out to be just a, you know one to just get what they could get out of it. Yeah, and you know that's okay. Yeah, and it's, it's, I mean that's okay because you know when you're when there's someone like that, then they might introduce me to somebody else. Yeah, and th- there's poachers though. Right, you get the poachers that, that they're yeah. just like they try to leech everything they can get off of you. Yeah, the vampires. Yeah, yeah, the emotional vampires <laughs> the emotional too. Vampires. But um, the poachers are, are the folks that are like, oh, you know, let me just wait and I'll just, I'll, you know, I'll let you feed the cattle and mm-hmm. I'll let you put the deer yeah. corn out and all that, and then I'm gonna go over on your land and I'm gonna kill the deer this fall and I'm gonna eat really well because, yeah. you know, so you get those kind of folks that they, and but they, uh, what I've seen with those folks. Is that they'll they'll reach an end, like they'll come to a point where they've kind of tapped into as many people as they think they can get out of me. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I got you. Yeah, you know, they come to like a dead end, you know, with that, and it's because they don't build relationships; they just focus on transactions. Yeah, and they burn themselves out that way, you know. And I feel like we have a seasons, you know, we have seasons in oh, our yeah. life or whatever. And as people move in, there are other people that move out. Yep. You know, and there's always a reason why, like, you know, talking about the alchemist or whatever. Yeah, it goes to the, I think there's an expression that's like, uh, people will come into your life for a season, a reason, or a lifetime, something like that. Like, yeah. And I'm like, that's, I heard that once mm-hmm. and it had so much power and just not even, just truth behind yeah. it. Cause I'm like, oh, and that, and it really helped put a positive light on negative relationships that I've had. You can learn a lot from a negative oh, experience. so much. Yeah, you can so learn a much. lot. I mean, I, people, I feel like I've grown a lot that way this year, too. It lets me know. I, that happened to me after my divorce and I was dating. I really learned what it is I'm willing to accept and not accept in my life. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? The type I remember of the way you described it. Uh, can I share? By all means. You're, you're talking about when you would come home from work or being out in the field or whatever. And you get home, and your wife would say, you know, just leave dad alone for the first twenty four hours. Yeah, and, you know, so and she'd tell you, I want, you know, I want Matt to be here. Yep. You know, versus soldier. Yeah, and, and leave Sergeant Lestalia at the door. Right, right. And bring Matt. And home. it's you yeah. know that's a hard transition because yeah. you you know you have you you're not two different people, 
but you have to have two different. It goes back to what we we're talking modes. about, but being there are multiple levels of authenticity, right? You know, and it's not they're not when I levels is probably the worst word I could have used um, because that that denotes like a hierarchy um, or a scale when it's really more parallel. Um, yeah, it's all on the same level. Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like just, my it's just my the authenticity you with you is not less than the authenticity that I show Corey. It's you know, it's, it's just the depth of the relationship that you have with a person mm-hmm. and, and what, you know, what areas, you know, I, I, I saw something one time that was talking about like the friends that you have are the people that you do things in common with, you know, the places you go, the activities you have, you know, and it's a good example. You think about grade school. Mm-hmm. Oh man, everybody's so, you know, your best friend and you love them to death. And you know, how many, how many people from grade school have you talked to since you've been an adult? Not a lot. But you can think back to those fond memories of like your best friend in grade school. You know, you love them to death, right? Yeah. When's the last time you talked to that person? You know, and it's not that it's a bad thing, you know, it's just how life is. And I think when you're, at least for me, what I've I've found with the show, talking with people, doing the interviews on the radio is a little different than doing interviews with people in person for events and things like that. Mm -hmm. But. I've always tried to focus on the relationship first, the human aspect of the interview. You know, okay, Matt Lestalia is doing Burn Your Boats podcast, Burn Your Boats show. The focus should not be on the show. Mm -hmm. The focus should be on Matt, the person. You know, and I think what happens is sometimes, you know, you get this disconnect where some folks want to focus on this is my thing. Yeah. You know, and they think about, oh, this is my thing. When they haven't built anything else up, you know, and they haven't had any other depth uh, beneath that to say, okay, I'm really good at this one thing, but I don't, you know, you might have, like in marketing, they talk about if you build the better mousetrap, if nobody knows about it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, so if you've got one thing and it's perfect, but you leave all the other areas, you know, to the wayside, kind of like, you know, when you're talking about your relationship with your wife, you weren't doing it on purpose, but when you came home, you brought your work with you. Ex-wife, to be clear. Ex-wife, I'm sorry. <laughs> Not new wife, but ex-wife. And but Yasmin you, hasn't you, had you to bring, deal with that. And we all do that. We all yeah. do that. You know, yeah, we yeah, all yeah. have like, you know. There's a decompression period. For like, sure. In my mind, I'm thinking about a lot of different things, even though I'm focusing right now on this interview. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, lot, yeah, yeah. We all have those things, right? And it's easy sometimes when you're distracted, you know. But I think one of the things that I found this year uh, for me growing um, as a person and it's not so much self-care, but self-development. Yeah. I love leadership and development. Yes. Self-care, I think, is important. That's a that's a really solid delineation because if you don't spend the time thinking I've, – I've been thinking about thinking a lot yeah, yeah, in the last several months. Yeah, yeah, it's – um, but there's a time to do and there's a time to think. Oh, that's that's absolutely yeah, true. Yeah, I mean, there's a time to think about things and you can get caught up in your thoughts and, you know, this, that, or the other. And that's great. You know, especially if you're an intellectual and you like thinking and you like thinking about problems or you like, you know, or even if you don't, you know, if you're dealing with, you know, problems and you're yeah. like, you know, what do I do? And you, don't, you can't think of an answer. But there's a time to do. And for me, with the development, you know, I, I read an article yesterday 
and it was on entrepreneur.com and it was talking about the self uh, care or self help industry. Mm-hmm. And there's like $800 million of sales and, you know, across the industry or whatever. And it's continually growing. And, you know, we talked about this before about where I was talking about shovels and jeans, mm-hmm. you know, like the gold rush, you know, the people that were out there digging weren't the ones making the money. It was the people folks selling, selling the shovels and exactly. jeans, you know, exactly. the, the Sears catalog, you know, Sears catalog is a big example of how, you know, a business took off because they were providing a service and products to somebody that couldn't get it. So, this article was talking about how you should not focus so much on self-help as development. Yep. It's, it's, and I've really, the, the big boom that's happening now is, is exactly that. And it's, it's not the self-help person. It's the coach. It's the, and yeah, which, I mean, the and life like, coach. Right, and but, but, but not that, yeah. but like, it's the, the mentor, like the shift yeah, in education yeah is going away. I really think that the, it, it's shifting from mm-hmm. college and it's going to go more to uh, the the person who has successfully built uh, a podcast with 100,000 listeners. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, and had no name, mm-hmm. but like developed a system. Mm-hmm. And that's the person that you go to as somebody who wants to be a podcaster. Mm-hmm. I don't go to college to learn how to podcast. I go to that guy. Because he right. built a training program, right? And I buy his program, right? And it's the same thing. Like, uh, if I want to learn how to day trade, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm not like, don't go to college for that. Go to the person. There are people currently operating, currently dominating in their fields mm-hmm. that are also providing training. Yeah, and that's that's huge for them. Yeah. And it's so smart. And it's focusing on self development. Yeah. for other people Skill and that's sets. the way that you focus on your self-development is by looking at those and that was one of the things that i that i talked about in the in the per, don't let perfection be the enemy of good mm-hmm. is that like don't sit there and wait to pull the trigger on college because or on not on college don't wait to pull the trigger on your education because you haven't de- you haven't decided what you want to invest the next four years of your life in buy the the three thousand dollar training course on on day trading or on photography. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, do you want to take photographs? Buy the course from the person that's killing it. That takes yeah, amazing like Udemy.com is a great site for that kind of stuff. It's amazing. There's all kinds of uh, sites uh, like that. Yeah, there's... I can't remember. Well, and this this guy, he was talking about in the um, article, and I thought about it. I was like, you know, I've actually been doing that for a while because I don't say, like, self-help and whatever. I talk about leadership. I talk about, you know, development. Yep. Skill sets. And action, you know, like when we were talking about your, your show yep. and just kind of wanting to encapsulate that into like a, a motto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We worked on that tagline. Um, it was, it was fantastic. It was great. It really embodied what it is that I was trying to do. And I didn't, I had nothing when we started, you know, like yeah. there was no, I didn't and it just have, hit like, me kind of like as our conversation was going, it yep. just struck me, Yep. you know? And the thing is, is that. I didn't, you know, I might have coined the terms for you, mm-hmm. but you were the one that had the beef, you know, you were the one yeah, that yeah. I just took it and plated it, mm-hmm. you know, you had all the, the ingredients and I was just like, okay, well, you know, here I am not, I'm not mentoring you and I'm not coaching you. We were just having a conversation. Yeah. I was helping you based off of my experience and you were just kind of picking my brain a little bit, but that's not, that's not me mentoring you or coaching you. The folks that are out there that have proven success you know 
I mean, I'm not rich. I uh, I don't make money off of the radio show. It's all right. volunteer. Yeah. You know, I don't. Uh, I make I make money off of uh, my freelance work for the newspaper. Yeah. But I mean, it's it's basic freelance work. It's not like I'm making a ton of money off of it. Oh gosh! It went down. I think that one's still it's recording. Still going. It's like yeah. <laughs> for those uh, playing along at home, uh, Matt's uh, camera, his phone, it just kind of yeah, it's on a little gyroscope thingy, and I just looked over and it's it's facing down. I've been kind of ignoring the cameras actually. <laughs> yeah, I know, me too. It's so funny, but I, I think um, what you're talking about though is so true, and like Tony Robbins is one of my favorite uh, people to watch or, or listen to. And he did that movie, uh, that documentary called "I'm Not Your Guru." I it's it on, it's Netflix? on Netflix. I swear, I just saw it for the first time. I was like, "Oh, I gotta watch that." And he talks about you know not um, not being a motivational coach, not being a life coach. Like you know, his big thing lately has been finance, you know, finance and you know investments and things like that. And um, I know uh, they had that Me Too. Thing or whatever. I don't know exactly what happened with him with the Me Too thing. Where somebody, oh, the thing happened with him? Yes, yeah, somebody had accused him of something or whatever. Yeah. And I really don't know what happened with that. Um, so I'm not really sure exactly. But his, I'm just talking from the perspective of his talks and things like that. Yeah. And um, I actually met Tony Robbins in Savannah, um, I want to say 2015. Maybe 20, no, it might have been earlier than that. It might have been 2013. But he came to Savannah because Gulfstream brought him for uh, this new program that they were doing. Uh, it was called like Live Well, Be Well. And Gulfstream paid for him to come down. Nice. So talking about being subsidized. Yep. I paid $30 to have VIP tickets yeah. with Tony Robbins. So I got to be in the VIP room. I don't know why uh, more people didn't do it. Yeah, thirty dollars seems really low for a VIP yeah. access with Tony Robbins. I was as far away from him as I am with you. That's crazy, you know. And I wasn't talking with him one on one. Yeah, he he fielded a couple questions in the back or whatever. But you know, it was interesting to me because um, his his strategies and his different things have changed over the years. You know, and what he's been known for has changed over the years. Like he used to be a uh, quit smoking coach like mm-hmm. well, not maybe not necessarily a coach but he'd sit in the room with somebody and help them quit smoking you know and they, he'd make them smoke pack after pack after pack until they get so sick of the yeah. cigarettes they would just want to quit and um you know and then he talks about oh you know secondhand smoke and all that and whatever i mean i watched this one where he was wearing like a hawaiian shirt and shorts <laughs> you know awesome. i mean back in the day you <laughs> awesome. know and and today you know a lot of the folks uh, that he talks with, they're world leaders. You know, they're different people that you know he's helped coach or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or or helped. And one of his big things is helping people. You know, not commit suicide. He also has like a uh, a thing where he feeds the hungry. You know, and he, awesome. so all these different things. And I, I think to myself, like, okay, he has adapted and changed over the years. Of course, you know. And so if you're not adapting and changing what you're doing. And I'm not just saying this because of Tony Robbins, but I just I'm just using him as an example. Mm-hmm. But if you're not adapting and changing, you know, and I think it's is great. I love the idea yesterday when you're like, you know, I'd like to do a recap of you know this last year, mm-hmm. and I'd like you to be uh, on my show and co-host it with me yeah. and do this thing or whatever. And I was like, oh yeah, that'd be great because I actually hadn't even thought about doing an end of the year show. 
Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't going to do an end of the year show, but I was like, oh, you know what? I love this idea. Let me be, you know, let me jump right on it. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah, absolutely. I'm off work today, and it worked out that we could get studio time. And, you know, yeah. so all those things, like talking about the universe conspiring to, you know, help you. Yeah. All those things fell into place, you know, because of a goal that you had, mm-hmm. you know, and because of your relationships with people. Yep. You know? And because I was willing to ask the question. He took the he you took know? the chance on the question. Yeah, you know my relationships with people. It, it all kind of amalgamates, you know, together. Yep. You know, and if it's a yes, it's a yes. If it's yeah. a no, it's a no. Yeah, and, and I, had, I had already you in shoot my your head. Shot. <laughs> I was yeah, and I was already. And this goes back to what you were saying of kind of like you know putting all your eggs in one basket um, with some of the business side of things, but um, I was already in my head. I was already game planning exactly how I was going to do a, a solo show. Because I was like, yeah. like, there's not a lot of time left in 2019. Right. You know, right. and Adam's not like a dude that's just sitting around not doing anything. Right. So right. my chance of getting him, like in my head, I'm like realistic. I'm like, I might not be able to, to get a time to sit down with him. Yeah. You know, and the time that I I was just him. honored that you, you said, you know, I'd like to talk with you. I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, there's not. <laughs> there are very, I've had many an offer for people to piggyback off your show <laughs> to, to, to co-host yeah. or to fill in yeah and i don't have a person that i would that i would want to fill you know to fill in yeah uh well you have a certain way you like to do things and yeah well and it's just i just haven't met the person like i'm not yeah. i'm not above it being done right you know what I mean? but right. like I'm still feeling the show out. And so at oh, this yeah. stage, if I'm not going to do an episode, I'd rather have it not done than have somebody else do it. Yeah. But they're yeah. on the list of people to co-host. It's a short list. Yeah. And so like the fact that I was able to reach out to you and we were able to make this happen is. I think it's great. It's, man. it's been cool. a lot of fun. Yeah. I, uh, I want to ask you like with your uh, going from strictly doing like podcasting, mm-hmm. uh, because I, I, I kind of had the crutch with, you know, having the radio show, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, and um, so that it's kind of like a built in thing, you know. So with yours, I know you are very consistent with your posts. Try to be. Um, I feel like I'm a, not. You started like a Facebook group, <laughs> yep. you know. We, I think we even talked about like your banner at one point. Like yeah, you, you yeah, did yeah. some new artwork or whatever. and Yeah, and everything's got to get updated. I mean, I want to go through, that's the part of the thing for 2020 is I want to go through everything, get a change, but like, and and to really create more, to be better on, do everything that I'm doing now, but do it better. So like, I think, I think it's so important, man, because you could, you can, you can make like little subtle changes. Yes. You know, like the branding, you know, uh, burn your boats, you know. Well, one of the things that I think about is, um, I have so I have the fan page. I have a Burn Your yeah. Boats fan page on Facebook. You search Burn Your Boats mm-hmm. on Facebook, you'll find it. Um, and then you just have to request access. And if I just know that you're a real person, then mm-hmm. like you're good. You know, yeah. it's, not, yeah. it's not it's not a large not hurdle a to overcome. Bot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but so the question is, so why would somebody want to be in the group? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what value does that add? And right. So like, I have inconsistently provided value to people in the group. Mm-hmm. So like. I I want to be intentional about it in 2020. So yeah. that's that's one of the big shifts that I want to make is being intentional about the people that have taken that extra step to to put their name associated with me in that group. Yeah. So I I'm going to do bonus sections of every interview that is only going to be available to people that are in the group. 
Mm-hmm. Um, That's kind of like the Patreon model. Yeah. You know, yeah Patreon yeah. kind of does that too, where you know you offer uh, exclusive content. Yeah. I'll, I'll give you an example of a conversation I had with uh, Bill Sorachak from um, the Ronald McDonald House. So a couple of years ago, I started up a mastermind group here in Savannah, and I had a couple of people join, um, and it was it was $25 a month, but that was to pay for speaker fees. So like I hired professionals from our area to come in and do a you know professional speaking um, engagement or whatever, and um, or to rent the room or whatever. Sure. You know, it wasn't like for profit or anything like that. It was more of just I wanted to be able to hire these folks to come yeah. in because you know some of the folks that you want to talk with, they're not going to do it for free. No, and it's not that it's anything personal. It's just. They only have so much time of the day yep. too, and they're going to make some money somewhere else. So if you want to extract their time, you got yeah, to pay yeah. for it. So um, I actually did a donation for Bill uh, for the Ronald McDonald House, and um, he came and he spoke with us about like you're talking about nonprofits, mm-hmm. and I wanted to find out about more about engaging with people, you know. So he was talking with us because he's. I mean, Bill's a great guy. You know, uh, we just did that books and brews thing, and um, he, you know, the chair that it's not a five hundred one three C or anything like that. It's just a thing that I put together, and I wanted to raise money for the Ronald McDonald House. Yeah. So he came out to our last one. We did a little check presentation, did a little you know photo and all that, and um, but he does all of these events, and the end of the year, you know, for charities is huge because that's like yeah. when it makes it or break it. And that's when a lot of the companies are doing their their uh, parties and things like that. So the demand on his time at the end of the year is oh, is God. is high, you know. So a couple of years ago, we did this, I did this little mastermind group, and a couple of friends of mine came out. And we did it, and Bill was out there talking, and I wanted to learn more about how do you engage with people, you know, without trying to sell them, mm. you know, yeah. and. Obviously, nonprofits, you're selling something, but you're not selling it. You know, you're, you, everything's a sale. Yeah. Right. Everything's a commission and everything's a sale. But there's a different way of, of doing things. Like if you're, you know, if you're focusing, you know, strictly on the transactions, you know, that's going to be just an AB transaction. But if you have a, a relationship with people and then you convince them, like, why is this, why is the Ronald McDonald Charities of the Coastal Empire? the charity of choice. Why did I decide that Mm -hmm. I wanted it to be our charity? And I wasn't the only one with the books and brews. We had all these authors that came out. We had different patrons that came out and they donated money. We did like a 50, 50 raffle Southbound brewing company was our host and our sponsor. They donated a portion of their sales from each night that we did to the Ronald McDonald house. You know, all of these different people that put their time in and, and Bill was talking, um, and it kind of goes back to what you're talking about. And it goes back to the Patreon thing. And he was talking about when you're doing something, you know, people give because of different reasons. Oh, yeah. You know, they give because they want to have that good feeling mm-hmm. or, you know, it, like goes, for me, it goes back to self-interest. Oh, yeah. For me, I I have personal satisfaction out of helping somebody else. Yep. I enjoy that feeling that I get knowing that I did something for someone and I, I'm not asking them for anything in return. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not saying like, hey, I'm doing this for you. You owe me. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. I'm not doing that. But I get that. I get personal satisfaction out of being able to help somebody else. Because your transaction is emotional. Your trans- right, the, the, right. Your, your 
my the reward what you're bartering for yeah is, my is reward that is, is that yeah, feel good yeah, yeah you know and and um and i I don't try to do it for, you know, the pat on the back or the, you know, the public accolades or all that. I think it's, that's ridiculous because, you know, I believe in Jesus and I believe, you know, in the God. And I feel like, you know, if you do your good works in public for recognition, then you got your reward. You know, that's what, that's the way it is. You know, you got your attaboy, you know, but Bill was talking about how do you provide that value? Mm -hmm. You know, like you're talking about value. Um, You provide it with exclusivity. Right. So the Patreon thing, you know, you're talking about, well, I'm going to add this bonus on here. It's almost kind of like being in the club. Yep. Like, that's exactly okay, it. well, you know, I'm in the club. I'm going to create a tribe. Yeah. We're yep. in the burn, the burn your boats. And there's, there's a lot of books out there about that now. You yeah. know, there's a lot of stuff <laughs> yeah, out there about there that. Is. A lot of show, you know, jeans and shovels out there about that. But I have, um, over the last couple of years myself wanting to learn about writing and wanting to learn more about my craft. Mm-hmm. I've, you know, kind of filtered through and sifted through and figured out, okay, well, there are a few people that, you know, they're walking the talk, right? And I'll be honest with it. This transaction is based off of our relationship. Yep. You know, what we're doing is a transaction. Yep. You know, there's there's an action going on. We're exchanging that. You know, there's no monetary value being exchanged. You know, I'm not paying you. You're not paying me. But it's based off that relationship. Mm -hmm. You know, if... For example, you know, you're talking about being blessed on your side. I feel blessed too. You know, what if I had been like the bad referral? Like Corey, yeah, like, right. hey, this guy, <laughs> yeah, this guy. Absolutely. You know, and then you're like, Corey, uh, you know, I'm not sure about yeah, your friend. For sure, <laughs> you for know? sure. Because that happens too, right? Yeah. You know, and you have to be able to size people up and, and not that you're necessarily judging them, but you have to be able to, you know, be aware. Mm-hmm. You have to know, right? And so I think that growth development going back to the development or whatever is, you know, I, I don't have the largest audience. I don't have the largest, uh, following, you know, I really don't like, uh, calling a person a fan. Yeah. Because yeah, I, yeah I'll be yeah. honest with you. Cause I, I know that the fans is, you know, there's a certain thing, you know, to me, a fan is somebody that I've never met. Right. I have no relationship with them at all. And they like my work, you know, and I've never had a personal interaction with them, but I, I, you know, a fan is somebody like they feel like they know that person, mm-hmm. right? So I, I don't like to call people fans, sure. but I like to focus on building one relationship at a time, mm-hmm. you know? And that relationship might be, you know, like we met this lady over in the uh, office. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. it might just, it might and be the only time I ever meet her. It might never happen again. Yeah, yep. that might be the only time we ever meet, you know? Um, might not. I don't know. But I try to treat people, you know, with the same fairness, you know, and also yeah. accountability. I mean, I'll give you an example today. I was I was at a, a retail store. I was waiting in line, and the person that was in front of me was standing at the beginning of the line, and there was a gap between this person and the person in front of them. And this person was talking to a person in the other line next to ours. And I asked this person, I said, you know, are you in line? Yes. Okay. They didn't want to move up. And I said, are you waiting on something? And this person said, yeah, I'm waiting. I'm waiting, you know, on the line. And this person was talking to the other person still. And I said, well, okay. Do you mind moving forward a little bit? And they're like, oh, I'm waiting to see which line is going to be quicker. And I said, well, isn't that kind of selfish for you two to hold up two lines like that? Because you're wanting to take advantage of that. 
and it's the holiday season. So like this mm-hmm. is like Christmas is next week, you know, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of holidays going on. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, you know, why would you be so selfish? You know? And um, I said, don't, don't you kind of feel like that's kind of selfish, you know, to do that, to hold up both lines. And the person uh, said, no, it's not. And the other person said, well, they're a paying customer. They can wait in line too. And I was like, yeah, you can wait in line, but you've got to buy something, <laughs> you know? And so I said, well, I would appreciate it if you'd move forward, you know? And so the, the line, our line continued to go forward. Their line continued to go forward. And this person kept talking back and forth, you know, which is quicker, which is quicker. There was no way I was going to give up my spot for them to bring a buggy back over with their stuff after they held up two lines. There was just no way. And the person ended up getting out of the line to go over to the other person because they said it was quicker. You know, and so that's what I'm talking about with accountability. It's like, okay, well, you know, my relationship with that person was not very pleasant. Yeah. I wasn't happy about it. And I was like, hey, you know, here here let's use some common sense here Mm -hmm. you know you're holding up two lines on a holiday you know it's lunchtime and you don't have you're you're just standing there it's the lack of consideration yeah and that's like almost every problem that occurs is comes from uh, a problem with respect like somebody somebody doesn't have the, the correct level of respect yeah i know there are gonna be miscommunications about that you know but but that's really like I can't think of a personal interaction that that has gone sour that doesn't have to do with that. It yeah. all boils down to yeah. you being considerate and you respecting somebody else's time. And going back to like a, a fan group or whatever, mm-hmm. um, or a, a a base group or whatever, you know, there have been times where I've had to ban people because of their behavior. Yeah, you know, and that's just a that's hey, that's giving respect. It's it's doing two things. It's respecting yourself. Mm-hmm. And it's respecting your the, audience, the, uh, the rest of the people in yeah. your group. Yep. It's like we have we have a certain expectation of behavior. You yep. know, uh, you can't. It, and, and it's not going to be like because somebody's infringing on it, like you know, on something minor. You know, mm-hmm. but I'll give you an example. Um, the little indie author group that I have, indie authors group on Facebook. I had to ban a couple of people because they would just nonstop spamming their Amazon link. Uh, you know, to books yeah. and. Yeah. I'm like you're not going to build readership up by spamming your link, you know. You build readership up with connecting with people, you know. And I mean, Amazon and publishes like 7,500 p- books a day or something like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, so you're you're not going to get it by like going to every little group and then spamming your link. You know, same thing with getting people to listen to your show, right? Yeah. I'm not going to get people to listen to my show by saying, "Oh, listen to my show, listen to my show, listen to my show." Yeah. You know what value am I providing? So that's exactly. one of the things I'm working on too. Is like, how can I Give people what they want and give it to them, you know, yeah. a better no, way. No, and that's, that's a huge part of the, the planning phase that I'm in right now is is trying to trying to meet people where they're at where, in, in, in the conversation that they're already having in their head, mm-hmm. like, and trying to meet them there. Yeah. Like, I, I don't want you to, like, just to be this big red flag that's waving over here, like, hey, come over here. Like, yeah. I, I want to go to you. Right. And I want to go to you. And just like you said, um, and when you're talking about establishing relationships in a one-on-one, um, that's the purpose of my show mm-hmm. is to connect with people individually on, on an individual one-person basis. Mm-hmm. Like, I want that that to occur 
hundreds of thousands of times. Oh yeah, that'd be great. You know, but <laughs> I want it to be, I want that person to listen and to feel that connection there one-on-one because like the, my thought process when it comes to the show has been, because it was supposed to be political in my head in the three year planning. Oh, I remember that, it yeah. started libertarian political I show. I remember that. Yeah. And then it was like, well, politics is the last thing that happens. Politics is downstream from culture and culture is downstream from the individual. And right. so I would, I want to impact the individual so that way the culture changes and that way then politics can change whatever. I, yeah. I, I no longer care. Right. Right. <laughs> you know, and, and so there was actually a really interesting, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm taking in the book I'm through an audio book, uh, Steven Pinker's not his most recent one, but the better angels of our nature. Okay. And Oh my God, it's, it's heavy. There's a lot. Yeah. Um, but it's really good. And, but he brought up this, um, this psychological experiment that was done. And Mm. it was, it was to challenge the broken windows theory. Right. And so the broken windows theory is that if you're in a neighborhood and the windows are broken, um, crime will be higher. Because there's not like the respect, like because it's a shoddy neighborhood and because it's shoddy that people have less respect and care for each other in the community. Right. And so that's the basic idea. And it was, it was challenged in New York. Like they, they're like, Oh, that's, that is the case because once, once we cleaned it up, um, then crime went down, but they didn't account for the fact that they also like, quadrupled the police count in the city at the same time They're like right. oh don't worry about right, that it's because right. we clean everything right. up like no okay well or maybe they they gentrified the neighborhood and sure absolutely and moved absolutely some of those residents out so they did this experiment it was really cool yeah. where um they basically put a guy on the street i'm trying i'm trying to remember i'm probably gonna butcher what they it's actually okay. did but but the basic it, idea yeah. is um there was a guy in the street and he was handing out flyers mm. um and there was a sign like within 25 feet that was like that said no littering um and then on the wall behind him like the control group was that there was nothing that was it that was that was the entirety of it yeah and then the the way that they tested it was that they put graffiti on the wall yeah and the number of difference between the littering that took place when there was graffiti on the wall versus not was significant yeah i saw something one time where um like you know you see these posters especially in uh, authoritarian regimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, when there is a pair of eyes looking at you, you're more. Uh, I can't remember exactly. How you feel like you're being watched. You, and you so feel you like act, you're being watched, yeah, yeah. but you're you're more on edge. You feel like you know somebody is watching you, mm-hmm. and it could just be a pair of eyes, you know. And uh, and you're you're more likely to to not go outside of the normal behavior. You know, interesting. And I can't remember yeah, where that was, but that's I, cool. I remember we talked about that. Um, it might have been in like a sociology class or something mm-hmm. like that. But um, yeah, I think it's interesting because you know when you're when you're investing into those relationships, or when you're investing in like um, like in that sense, economic development or whatever. Um, what's always worked doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think that kind of goes back into that's a logical fallacy, right? It's like uh, right. The, I forget what I forget what the actual title of it is, but it's it's going off of like 
we've always done it this way. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, and my, my aunt used to say, you know, if you've always do what you always did, you always get what you always got. Yep, that's literally the premise of That's What You Get Wednesdays. Yeah, <laughs> show yeah, yeah. And I love that you do that. Um, <laughs> it's it's just crazy because some people, you know, like uh, the like people talk about the definition of um, of uh, what being a lunatic or insanity. Uh, insanity. Yeah. yeah. You know, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Different results, it's right? It goes it's back like, to how Shaq. Do you, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if you're throwing it the wrong way, yeah. you're going to brick every time. Yeah. You know, like keep and, throwing it, keep shooting the ball in a way that doesn't make it into the basket. You're going to keep not making it into yeah, the basket. Yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why, like, I like to change things up. I like to do, I mean, like, this was kind of spontaneous. Yeah. Uh, spontaneous. Mm-hmm. And I like doing that kind of stuff because it changes things up. It, it, you know, it breaks up the monotony. Yeah. You know, and when we talk, there's always like something new that we, you know, come around about. Yeah. You know, there's something we talk about and, and, and different. And, you know, and I think it's an interesting how just things can develop and, and change. And, you know, and people come into your life for a reason. They, they move on for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, things happen, you know. And, uh, but if you go, I think if you have that open mindset, which a lot of folks do. Yeah. You know, I'm not going to say that they don't. There are a lot of folks that are open-minded and that they're willing to experiment, you know, but people don't like change. Yeah. You know, nobody likes change, really. I mean, like, if you like change and that's all you do, you know, there's something wrong. Good there luck. Because, yeah. Good luck, too. I mean, like, because it's a balance. Like, if everything's always changing. Right. No like, and I get it that, like, the only thing that's consistent is that change. Is change. Yeah. Like, in, like, yeah, but to an extent, you know. Well. When it's a good change, not to change for change's sake. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I, I, that was one of the issues that I had when I worked uh, at the college that they would, they would, you know, create a rule and then six months later they want to change it. And, you know, they did things like they would, like so we we worked in cubes, you know, so they would make you every couple of months change your cube because they're like, oh, you're being complacent. You know, you know the theory was that you, you would get complacent or whatever. Mm-hmm. Or they make you change like what time you went to lunch. You know, just little little you know control checks on you, you know, little mind control checks and things like that. And you know, I always thought it was ridiculous because I was like, you know, if you're changing because it's to improve a process or to make, you know, the environment better, that's good. You know, but if you're changing just for change's sake, that's a waste of time. Yeah. You know, and uh it, that's that's like going into the new year. You know, people always make New Year's resolutions. It's like, okay, well, how lasting are those changes going to be? You know, are you continually trying to grow and develop? And if not, and you want to, great. Yeah, yeah, You yeah. know, it, that's great. But if you're just doing it because you're like, oh, I want to do a New Year's resolution, blah, 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 it's not going to stick. No. You know, that. I mean, they, they talk about that a lot. I mean, I'm not creating this. But if you are saying, hey, you know what? I need to make this change. I want to make this change. Mm-hmm. I'm willing to do the work. You know, I want to grow or I want to focus on this area. Yeah. You know, like you want to focus on being more exclusive with your content for your fans or for your base, your audience, you know? I mean, people that's it's a, it's a formula that works. You know, I mean, we see it all the time in uh, commercial videos and radio and advertisements i mean it's 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 something that works because people like it mm-hmm. people like new things yep they want you know like they like i think somebody said uh I, I wish i knew some of these names but this is something <laughs> that comes to mind too that there's only like seven or eight different plot themes you know for storytelling yeah yeah, yeah. i've heard and that you know yeah. you, they, they want the same thing but only new 
Mm-hmm. You know, they want it. What's they, the twist on it? What's yeah, the, what's, what's, the, the, what's this variation? What's yeah, this I know flavor? it's going to be a story where somebody gets murdered or yeah. whatever. Yeah. I know it's a horror story or it might be a mystery story. So it's going to be a detective. And yeah. you know, I know those things. But how is it different? You know, well, what's just new? It goes that goes to uh, the Maleficent movies. Right. You think like, okay, well, it's the same story. And it's still, um, you know, good and evil and all that. But like, okay, here's the twist. Like, we're going to look at it from the perspective of Maleficent. This right. Time. You know what I mean? Right. It's, that's that's pretty popular now, too, with the um, the anti-hero. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just a way to turn it up or or uh, like the underdog, you know, yeah. type thing. I mean, that's, that's real popular now because it's different than the uh, – you know, kind of like the traditional Superman story. Yeah. You know, back in the day, we're like, oh, Superman, you know, the good guy wants to, you know, beat up the bad guys, and everybody was rooting on the good guys. Now yeah. it's like people are rooting for the bad guy. Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, you know what? Sock that guy again. You know, hit him again. Yeah, knock, yeah, yeah. You know, knock Superman out. Yeah. You know? There's a, there's a part of it that I maybe I'm a, a too hopeful with it, but there's a part of it where I hope and I think that it's, Maybe it's a, a shift that we're having more towards nuance, like where we can appreciate nuance more. Um, because, yeah. it, like, in order to accept, a, especially in a traditional story, if you go back to a story that we're used to and to watch it and to suspend, you already suspend disbelief for mm-hmm. Cinderella, right? Or, or whatever, uh, Sleeping Beauty yeah. for Maleficent. And then you you need to suspend disbelief of your disbelief to accept re-engage. yeah to re-engage yeah. and accept the the hero but like to to accept the level of nuance that they're going to provide to you and the question is like are they able to do it in an entertaining fashion because that's well, that's what it comes down to look at mcdonald's you know mcdonald's they've had the same formula for their hamburgers for a long time yeah you know i mean i think the last time they changed up their fries was because of this the saturated oils or whatever they changed sure. the oils or whatever but you know they they have a consistent product, you know, and if you go to this McDonald's or you go you know across the country or whatever, and you order a double cheeseburger, you're going to get the same product, you know. But what do they do? They introduce new products. Mm-hmm. They introduce you know deals, you know. Uh, they might they might have uh, a small fry for ninety nine cents, yeah, and a medium for a dollar seventy nine, and a large for a dollar eighty nine. Well. You're gonna be like, oh, well, I get this many more fries for a dollar eighty nine for ten cents. That's a no brainer. I'm gonna yeah. get that one. Well, they still win if they they you buy the medium. You know, they still you know you're still getting that value or whatever. Oh, yeah. But they're they're constantly and any I think any good company or any good brand or any yeah. good you know entrepreneur or whatever. I don't care what you you know any good author. It doesn't matter that they're, they're constantly looking for a way to re engage, innovate, change you know, improve yeah. that process, you yeah. know, and that's one of the things I, I've learned. Like I did the NaNoWriMo this year um, and I wrote 50,000 words in like a month where I had failed doing it before three times. I failed doing it because like, you know, I, I rebooted the story, rebooted the story, rebooted the story. NaNoWriMo comes. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. I had to make a change. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think it, you know, that's, that's a good thing about it. Absolutely. We we've got a few minutes left, man. Yeah. Um, what would I don't know? What what do you think was like your your biggest growing moment this year? Oh, for twenty nineteen, um, I would say God, it's tough because it's like on what level? Um, well, you got married the, this year. Which yeah, is I huge. got married. Yeah. Like, 
and the thing about that is that I had just gotten to a point before that relationship started, like on a new level. I, I've known Yasmin for four years. Oh, wow. And uh, before our relationship ever got to anywhere close to the place where we're married now, yeah, um, I'd gotten to the place personally where I had, I just accepted the fact in my head that like, no woman is going to fit the bill for what I'm looking for. Like, and not, and it wasn't, it wasn't permanent and it wasn't said, it was basically like, I was like going to take myself off of the market. Like, and oh, I stopped because okay. I was That's looking, right. I was date actively dating yeah. and I was just over it. Yeah. You know, like I'd been let down in too many different ways. You got tired of the dinner for two type thing. Yeah. 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 And it was just, it wasn't, it wasn't engaging on your soul. Yeah. No, it, it wasn't. You yeah. know, and, and, and how did when, that come about with her though? I mean, so it was, it was legitimately, uh, like I, the first time I, I met you, you weren't even dating anybody. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I was like, and then you're like, man, I'm getting married. I was like, wow. A lot, a lot, yeah. A lot's changed. Yeah. So, um, we, we, like I said, we'd known each other for four years. We worked together for two. That's how we met. Okay. Um, and then we, I PCS, so I had a permanent change of station. I moved from Virginia oh, okay. down here. And while I did that, I, um, we stayed in close contact. Okay. And, you know, I, she had gone through some personal stuff and, um, health wise and, and relationship wise. And mm-hmm. all the while, like she, like, we're calling back and forth and we're just like, I'm there, I'm supporting her and everything. Yeah. And she really, she was a, a rock for me, um, when it came to my divorce and everything like, oh, and it was completely platonic like there was right, right. there was nothing there she was actually dating a very seriously of like a really really good friend of mine wow and um but yeah so we so we were there it, it all came like i hit her up we had talked a little bit like oh we should let's go on a vacation here like as friends like let's go on a vacation here yeah. let's do that let's like she's like don't bullshit me yeah. <laughs> but uh like you need to like if we're gonna do it, we need to do it for real yeah. and i was like okay like, yeah. let's do it you know and um so that being the premise, like Fourth of July came up, and I was like, "Oh, I don't have the kids this year." Hmm. So, like, kind of I was up. like, "Hey, like, what are you doing?" You know, for the fourth, I was like, "I'm sure that you're busy." You know, and like your daughter just left to go to yeah. be with her father, and uh, she was like, "Nope, come on up." And yeah. she was like, "I'll pay for half the ticket." Wow! And I was like, "Really?" And she was like, "Yep." And I was like, "Cool, oh, that's cool." So we went up there, and it lit- she just had a list of things for us to do, not fun things. <laughs> Like, like I need help. Your help around the house. You just oh, moved into a brand new house, oh, and uh, replace this outlet. Yeah, it was it was yeah. a lot of work, but we had a lot yeah. of fun, and um, and it just like it was the way that we were with each other was like intimate, mm-hmm. like almost like right off of the bat. In a way that we were both kind of like, not, like it was the unspoken thing yeah. that was just kind of happening. We're like, is this is really this, happening? Is this a yeah. thing that's really happening right now? Yeah. And then it, and it and it did. And then we had conversations about it after I left. Um, and I basically thought I was like, listen, I'm all in. Wow. Like, and she was like, I'm not in a place where I think that you know, like I can commit to a kind of thing. And I was like, I was like, I I was like, I want to be with you. Like, so I was absolutely the pursuer wow and i was like i was like i want to be i want to be with you like i like i want to i want to try this and i will i will wait you Um. know and it was we had just talked about this and she was like that was the moment she's like that was when it clicked she was like he's serious like and Mm. and like and she had no doubt of the trust that she could put me to to be there for yeah because i had been 
you yeah. know, as yeah. a friend. And so she experienced that. Yeah. And so there was, like I said, we had background, you know. Um, but yeah, so then we got married. <laughs> That's good, yeah. man. I, I think it's awesome, dude. I, uh, I think, I think this year has been um, interesting. It's been challenging. Um, I think kind of pulling back on the things that are important, you know, reprioritizing and also saying no to new project ideas, you know, saying, okay, I, I'm, what, what do I want to focus on? What are the things that I want to willing do? to be stingy? Yeah. Yeah. Time. Yeah. And, um, and not, not getting distracted by other thoughts and, you know, yeah. things that I want to do. And, um, you know, just kind of focusing on that, you know, coming up, you know, moving forward and, uh, really just keep working on self-development for myself, you know? So that's the biggest thing I think of just, I love to learn, you know, I love, I love, I love having good conversations with folks, you know, like yourself. And I think that's just the biggest thing moving forward for me. Um, the recap for the year, it's been, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, there've been challenges. There've been times where I'm like, you know, there were times where I'm like, Oh man, I don't want to do this. You know, I feel I'm burnt out. I'm, you know, tired, xyz reason blah 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 blah. work school whatever and you know kids have things you know I'm just, did you I just have any uh did you have any expectations did you have any big projects that you were, you were looking to get into at the beginning of the year or were like the no. anthology and stuff like that did that come up that came later the... on i came yeah. like about in um i want to say like august or july something like that it was just kind of unexpected i this next year, though, I, you know, I'm working on that anthology, and I'm also I'm going to be doing another poetry book. Nice. In, in January, I also have Adam's know, last poetry book was phenomenal, and I can say that as a person that does not appreciate poetry. <laughs> like <Yeah. laughs> it was, uh, and I actually have written a fair amount that was that some people have read, and they were like, oh, "That's pretty good." And like, and just, but it's not it's not really my jam. Yeah. Um and. So like when you did it, I was like, man, you're like, oh, I no. want to support you because I love you, <laughs> but you're really testing the limits of my ability to support. Yeah. But I was like, you know what? I'll do it. Like, and you, you put the book out there at an extraordinarily like reasonable price. Yeah. You know, it was like a dollar, I think, you know, at some point, whatever. Yeah. Maybe it was the really ebook. Yeah. yeah. The ebook. And so, uh, so I was like, what, what's the risk? You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and I'll do it. And then, so, but then I read, and I, I sat down and the first night that I read it, I read like. How, how many poems did you have in the book? Twenty-five. I was gonna say I, I felt yeah. like I read like seventeen. Wow! Like that night. Wow! Like and I just went through. Yeah, it's an easy read. I mean, it's not yeah, well, you know over the complicated. That's the thing that kills me is like I feel like poetry is just trying really hard to be poetry yeah. a lot of the yeah. time. And if I get that feeling, then but like yours was like, no, this is like, I don't. It just it felt real. Yeah. Like it was yeah. you were actually. You weren't doing it for the sake of doing it. There was actual meaning behind them, and like right, you could right. feel it. Yeah. So. I think that I I really think that that's a big part of communication. You know, just say what you mean, do what you say. You know, just be straightforward with it. And I mean, like, it, it's it's not hard to try to be a good person. We all mess up. We all fail. But you know, are, are like we were talking about earlier, are you self-serving? Or are you selfish? Yeah, you know, yeah. Are you yeah. self-interested exactly. or are you selfish? So, man, we gotta wrap it up. Yeah, just do you have a. I, I want to be able to check in with you and, and be your accountability partner. Yeah. Um, what what do you have, have? Any big projects for the year? I am doing the anthology. I've got a poetry book coming out in January, and uh, I'm releasing the next 
blood pressure book in January. And then I'm doing the uh, books and brews, and I'm going to be doing the Savannah Quill again next November. Oh, that's awesome. So I, I want to, I, if it's possible, I want to try to get you back on in February then. Oh, yeah. Let's so we can go over, we can we can push the info out about the yeah, books and yeah, everything we'll and and, uh, and just see how things how are going. How about you, man? What's, what's on the plate? So, I um, said something about maybe moving. Yeah, so I actually this is it just became official this month that my medical evaluation board in the army is is taking place. So, basically that means that the army is looking at they're reviewing my medical records and basically saying that they're they will make a determination in the next month mm. that says that I'm fit or unfit for duty. Okay. But I'm unfit for duty. Oh, like wow. it's it's really already determined. It just hasn't been stamped official yet. Right. Um, so a lot of it's just like the veteran affairs ratings and physicals and everything yeah. like that. So yeah. it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a hectic six months. Probably I'll probably be out of the army within the next six to wow. eight months. Wow. Um, so crazy. Yeah. There's a, it's a lot of changes cause that's been the last decade of my life. Yeah. Definitely. Um, and, but like with the, so there's that, and then I'll be moving up to Virginia uh, to move in Dude, with, with your wife, yeah, yeah. yep, to move in with Yasmin. I think and, that's great. And so that's it's phenomenal, but then it's stressful because the kids are here, you know, and so like yeah. it's I'm working you'll through with them. Yeah, yeah, you'll yeah. Find a balance. And I'm I'm happy. It's still relatively close. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so Virginia's not that far. It's not. It's yeah. it is a long drive. You know what I mean? But yeah. it, but it's drivable. Yeah, it's you doable. So there's that, and with the show, like I'm, I'm looking to expand outside of the show and take aggressive steps, at, um, methodically in expanding. Yeah, yeah, and expanding to different things. So like I'm, I have a training program that I have the outline for now. Nice. Um, and so a lot of it it goes into like the kind of coaching, and um, it's it's almost a lot of it's kind of wrapped around goal setting. Yeah. You know, and so. That's the thing we were talking about before when you're talking about like the speaking and all that. Well, there, and then there's that, that's a whole nother thing. So like I'm breaking them up into like 90 day sprints. And so, um, that, but that's, that's another aspect that I want to, that is on the blotter for 2020. So I'm trying to, trying to break in. If I, I would like in 2020 to get into a school to speak in an, in a classroom or a gymnasium would be like, that's like the big goal, right? Like to get, be able to get like multiple classes or an entire grade or a school and be able to talk to them. Um, to do that in 2020, to launch a training program in 2020, and to create uh, not a subscription base, but like a more exclusive like a Patreon network type thing. Yeah, yeah that yeah. people can voluntarily donate money to the show if yeah. they want to make it easy for Patreon's them. Patreon's like the easiest platform for that. Yeah, I just yeah. I got feelings about Patreon, so yeah. it might not happen. <laughs> well, man, <laughs> I, I appreciate you having me. Uh, thanks for hosting <laughs> essentially you brought me in yeah, so that's it's very cool. much appreciated and for everyone happy 2019 i love all of the support thank you guys for always coming back and and supporting me and the show um thank you adam for coming on and i couldn't have asked for a better co-host for to thank wrap you. up 2019 with yeah all right let me